everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. Today is another Skype call, and I have Riley on the Skype line with me. So, Riley, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Riley Crazy. I am 35 years old. I am blind. All I see is light and dark, which is called light perception, which a lot of people get confused on that. My friends always say, well, that's confusing. You're totally blind. No, really, actually, I'm not totally blind. I have only light and dark, all I see. If somebody was to walk in front of me right now and the lights went off or something like that, I would sense that. I wouldn't see their shadow necessarily, but basically I would just see light and dark switching on and off, sunshine. I can see the brightness of that, phone screens, things like that. Okay. It's basically all I see. And I am basically right now... I don't have a job. I'm on SSI at the moment, but I'm hoping with the career that I've chosen that I can one day get good enough to get paid for it. Okay. And what exactly did you want to shine a light on specifically? I'm a game accessibility advocate. Okay. So I want to shine the light on game accessibility. Great. So, the, yeah, this was, um, I was kind of introduced to you on Twitter from my friend Gina, who's also blind. I think you had kind of put out there that you wanted to talk about this topic more, and does anybody know mm-hmm. of podcasts, and, and Gina tagged me. So I'm really excited to talk to you, because this is certainly something that I don't know anything about. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I know I'll be learning from you, and I know a lot of the people listening to this will, will learn a lot, too. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of mentioned to you that before... Before we get too much into what it is exactly you do and, and your story specifically, I kind of want to break down what even game accessibility means. So can you kind of explain what gaming and the kind of gaming community is with or without the disability aspect, just in general, what gaming is? Well, gaming could be anything from board games like Dungeons and Dragons or even, heck, even Monopoly, stuff like that. you got your typical board games. Then you have people that do it for, like, competitive almost like an e-sport, mm-hmm. and then you have what's basically video games for those that aren't, that don't do that for a living. There are video game consoles out there. Nintendo, of course, is the main one people knows, and then you have Xbox, you have PlayStation. You have all these different consoles that are basically competing against each other for customer base, and then you have PC games, and then you have mobile games. It's all video games. There are some that are audio games but people play them for entertainment. Some people, of course, take it to extremes, but you know, there are people that do it just for fun, like myself, which you know, people say it's an addiction. Well, the addiction comes from people that let it master them and they don't they don't let it they don't play it for fun and they do it and it's it just controls it. They forget to do things that they normally should. That's what the addiction is. It's not necessarily playing video games is bad. What basically it is is people that let it oh, well, they're playing so much they forget to take showers or they forget to clean up or they forget meetings or, you know, just forget stuff. And that's where the addiction part of it comes in. Some people think that gaming is bad. It's not bad if you do it the right way. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I I think that there is kind of a negative connotation around gaming. And it's just, to me, I've always seen it as it's just a hobby, you know, like anything else. Yeah. you know, people like to, to knit, or I'm trying to think of other, like, book clubs, things like that. Gaming and is karaoke. just... Yeah, yeah. Gaming is just kind of another avenue for yeah. people to find some entertainment and also to connect with other people. I know there's, like, a large gaming community on the internet also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband, um, I wouldn't 
well, he, he enjoys video games. I don't know that I would full-on call him a gamer. I think he would love to spend be able to spend more time playing games, but he keeps up with, like, what, what new games are coming out, and he tends to know. He's half Japanese, so he's into a lot of the anime um, anime games and things like that, so mm-hmm. he keeps up with that kind of stuff. Shinmu? Probably. <laughs> I'll ask I him. I love Shinmu. Okay, so it, okay, so we kind of defined gaming. Now, when it comes to disability, you 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 speak to specifically your disability, which you mentioned is blindness. So, can you tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about um, your experience being blind? I know you mentioned you know what what that is for you, but like if you were born blind and how that's kind of affected you throughout your life. Well, I was born light perception blind, so I started. I found out when I was a kid I had optic nerve hyperplasia which basically means that my optic nerve is broken. It does not send the signal to the, from the brain to the eye to tell the eye what it is seeing. It's basically the problem. And then I also have stagnus, which basically makes my eyes go berserk. They're going crazy. If you watch my eye movement, my eyes just move all over the place. And later in life, I developed a disease called keratoconus, which is basically a thinning of the cornea, and it, it could protrude if it gets really bad. And right now, thank goodness, mine's not that bad, but it is very advanced in my right eye. So it's something I have to be aware of because it could someday protrude it right through my eyelid, I guess, or eyeball or something. Yeah. So growing up, um, you know, through childhood and as a teenager and stuff, what did that mean for you, like for school and stuff like that? Well, I went to public school like everyone else did. My grandparents were not having me going to the school for the blind. They refused that. They're like, no, you're not doing that. You're going to be with everybody else. And that was interesting because I was the only blind kid in the school. So it made things very interesting. As elementary school kid, I, I was a little troublemaker because people kept bullying me. And this boy thought he was going to be a smart aleck one day and he stole my cane truck. Well, I went down the steps face first, fell, oh busted gosh. my nose. So... Being the smart little girl I was, I had a cane with a hook on the end of it. Well, he turned around and he came by the next day. And I was walking and I heard him. Now, also, he's wearing some type of body spray or something, so I could sense him. And our senses are a lot stronger. And I flipped that hook upside down. And when he came up, I tripped it. <laughs> because I wanted him to show, see what I felt. And he went down the steps and busted his nose. Well, the problem was I got caught. He never got caught. I did. And they brought me into the principal's office, and my mom says, well, what did you do to make her trip you? Well, it's not like I took her cane and made her fall down the stairs. Uh, yes, you did. You know, but I did the same thing. I just let him talk, you know, being polite, you know, because I was raised to be polite. And she said, well, if you didn't take her cane, why did she trip you? Well, he ended up getting suspended. Oh, wow. And they asked mom, they said, well, mom asked the school, what should we do to her? And they looked at them and said, praise her. She defended herself. She didn't let him get the best of her. Now, when I got into uh, high school, it was basically junior high when I got my first screen reader, which basically, for those that are sighted, it reads you what's on the screen. So it'll tell you anything that's on the screen, it will read it to you. So it'll read, if somebody says, hey, Riley, it's Megan, you know, if you sent that to me in a text message, it would read it to you. Whatever you send me, it reads. Well, that's when I first got JAWS for Windows. Now, that stands, it's an acronym, JAWS, Job Access with Speech. That's what it stands for. And basically, it was the most popular kid in school, if you want to put it that way, using personification there. I love my English. 
if it was a human, that thing would have been prom queen, I'm telling you. Because everybody, well, what's Jaws up to today? What did it read you today? What did it, what did it teach you today? You know, and I'm like, can you talk to me instead of talking about the stupid computer? I mean, right. back then, I hated computers. I wanted no part of technology, wanted no part of nothing. And that's the same year I got into gaming, actually. Okay. And that, that was a prank. <laughs> I've got five brothers. Oh, wow. Younger, two older. Yeah. So I've got five brothers. The three youngest ones are all gamers. Now, the third one, the youngest one, was not born yet when this happened. My two youngest brothers at the time hollered into me, hey, sis, come here. You want to go fight? Yeah, let's go wrestle in the yard. That's what I was thinking they were talking about. Oh, let's go wrestling in the yard. That's fun. You know, because we always used to wrestle around in the yard, play in the mud. We were always outside. No, sis, not in the yard. On the computer, on the, on the TV. We got a video game we want you to play. You can play this too, even though you can't see it. No, I can't. It's a video game. Come on. You know, but you're full of it, boy. You know, and so I went in there. He hands me a controller. Megan, I thought he was going to let me play against him. Wrong. No, he puts me up against the doggone computer. Oh. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, just great. You know, because he wasn't even playing. I wasn't hearing anybody else tapping on buttons, just me. I'm like, really? Really, guys? Seriously? And so I'm playing Mortal Kombat, the very first Mortal Kombat game. That's how I got in the game. So when you were, when that happened, that first time that you um, <clears throat> played the game with your brothers, how does that work for you? Did it did it read it to you? I just I would like you to break that down for me how that works. Um. Well, at the time there was no accessibility period. Okay. I was just button mashing. Okay. Because all I was doing, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what moves to play. There was no screen readers. There was no text to speech or TTS as they call it for short. There was none of that accessibility back then. None. Okay. I didn't even know if. if I didn't even know what that meant back then, to be honest with you. And I just basically played Mortal Kombat. I played racing games, and it was like a vibrating controller. That was as much accessibility, basically, as we had back then that I can remember, at least from my perspective. I mean, there were audio games, but they were just text-based. They weren't really anything elaborate like we have today. Yeah. They were just basically text-based. And so basically, when I played Mortal Kombat, all I did then was button mash. And my brothers were like, well, let's play. I want you to play me, because I know the moves, you know. Ha, ha. Wrong assumption, little boy. I took them down. Yeah. And they're like, did they teach you like which buttons to press, or did you just kind of figure it out? I just figured it out on my own. They didn't. They didn't teach me anything. They just thought they were going to be smart, Alex, and play against me. They thought they were funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they thought they were better, and they got their butts kicked. Okay. So then, that was in high school. Mm Mhm. Okay. So what? What did you do after high school? Well, basically, life happened, and I. Lost all contact with gaming because we ended up getting, I moved away, and then basically, but I didn't get back into gaming until I got the iPhone, which had built-in screen reader technology. Okay, so the iPhone comes with that? Yep, it okay. comes with voiceover. That's what the screen reader's name is. Okay, so can you kind of just say, like, how important that is for someone like you? Well, a screen reader is very important, especially if, you know, you can't see what's going on. And when you have a smartphone, it goes on the internet as well. So you need something that's going to read you everything that's going on. Because if it's, if it's on a website and that website isn't accessible, that iPhone seems to sense that. It has some type of technology that is like, if there's an app that goes with that particular website, say Google, YouTube, Amazon, it will kick you into the app store automatically. Like, here, this is much easier. Do this. 
mm-hmm. instead of making you try to fight the Safari string or the the uh, Safari browser, it will push you into the App Store and download an app, which is much easier. Now, when this first started happening to me, I was not one to take orders from anything, <laughs> and I was like, this thing is telling me what to do, and I can't download anything because at the time I had no internet connection. All I had was my hotspot. So I was afraid to download things. Well, when I finally did, it's 7.30 at night, I finally downloaded YouTube. Played on Google for like a couple hours before I tried to do YouTube's website. Well, I downloaded YouTube at 7.30 at night, Megan. The first night I got it, I downloaded it. And next time I checked the clock, it was 5.30 a.m. the next morning. Oh, my gosh. I had never been on YouTube before, and I was obsessed. Mm And then I just started, you know what, if I can do that, let's start, let's look for some games. And I started finding all kinds of, you know, audio games. And Do you have um, friends in your circle that are blind that you were talking to about this kind of stuff? Or have you found support online? Um, well, when I got into game accessibility, my circle really grew. Mm-hmm. Because I got, a, I got a lot of blind friends on Twitter that I go hang around. I don't really, I have never met any of them, but some of them are local. But um, a lot of them, I just talked to them on WhatsApp, and I talked to them on Twitter and messaged with them. One of them I'm actually Skyping with. I Skype with him a lot, which we'll probably be into later. But a lot of my friends are blind. Back when I was in high school, I didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And then I had one when I was in you know, my 20s, but God rest her soul, she passed away, sadly. But had her and then I didn't really have any blind friends until I went to guide dog school the first time and then moved on from there didn't have any more now I've got so many on Twitter it's it's unbelievable I never I've never known so many blind people in my life I mean it's amazing yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that, because I think the internet gets a bad rep. <laughs> I yeah. think a lot of people say, you know, how negative, which it can be. It can be very negative. It can be a mm-hmm. little toxic, but it can also be a place where you can find people that are like you, that you may exactly. have not ever been able to meet before. Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be. And here's the thing. there You might have listeners that are, um, you know, have a mental handicap or physical handicap. It doesn't matter. Mental illness is on there. If you have a mental illness... You can find friends like you. Mm-hmm. Your disability, your mental illness, it does not matter when you're on Twitter. It does not matter when you're on Facebook. You're a person. Yeah, you're behind a keyboard, but you know what? There's places where you can find chats where you can verbally talk to people. You know, there's a lot of things out there. Yes, there's negatives, but there's negatives in everything. There's negatives in all kinds of things, but there's also a lot of positivity behind it too. Right. Okay, so what made you start advocating more for accessibility? Well, it's a sad story, actually. Um, it was early March, and there was a young lady. She's, well, 40 years old, and her name was Susan. She was a deaf advocate. And pardon me if I get emotional because this just breaks That's her. That's okay. Um, she was a deaf advocate, and she had a stroke and passed away just unexpectedly. And um, it really hit me hard. So I'm sitting in my downstairs, and I'm like, my mom was sitting there, and all of a sudden, her her partner tweets on Twitter, "Um, guys, I respect that you, you know, are paying tribute to her and everything. You're wishing her well wishes, but she died last night. And I'm like, what did you say? What? What? I'm like, 
I'm literally flipping out. I'm panicking. Mom's like, whoa, whoa, what's, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's the matter? I'm like, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Because I was just literally, it just hit me so hard. Because she was always an inspiration. And it was somebody, I had just posted, not even three days ago, that I told Susan, I said, you know, I hope to meet you someday because you are such an inspiration. You know, like, I wanted to tell her that. You know, I posted, I was going to post it, but I didn't. And so I was sitting there, and I'm like, no, 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 I missed my chance. Dang it. You know, I was just upset. And um, so that night I posted on Twitter as a tribute to her. I said, you know, she was such an inspiration, and I never got a chance to tell her. Well, on the 20th of March, I was in some severe, severe back pain. And when I get to be in pain, I don't realize what I do. And I went into my Twitter profile, and I posted about being a game accessibility advocate. And then I pinned tweeted, which is a tweet you can lock in, mm-hmm. on my profile, on my bio. I said that I wanted to be a game accessibility advocate. Then I expanded on it on my Twitter feed, you know, for a pinned tweet. Well, Megan, at that time, I had 169 followers. Within three days, now mind you, I was in some severe, severe pain. And I checked it three days later, and I had 183. And I was like, oh my, what happened? What? Because by this point, I wasn't in pain anymore. So I was like, oh dear Lord. Because when I was in pain, because what I did, I think I pinched my side at nerve. Oh which, no. Oh, yeah, it hurt. And so basically, I was like, oh my gosh. Because now I was going to an IGDA meeting near me. That was like an hour away from where I'm at. I was going that. And also, I was looking at my Twitter messages and I'm like, there's a person that I really admire on YouTube, which I'll plug them later. But they started messaging me, and they never used to talk to me until, you know, we'd talk a little bit, but not really. But we got really, really close, became really close friends when I did this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then my subconscious, you know, was like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I just do? And my subconscious is like, before you go thinking you're going to go back there, girl, um, how many games do you want to play, girlfriend, that you can't right now? Start naming those out loud, you know, because you're subconscious. You're always thinking the wrong, you're, you're second-guessing yourself. And it's one thing to second-guess yourself, but don't let it eat you alive, basically. Mm-hmm. There's a message there. Because I was thinking, well, and I start naming them off out loud. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm keeping this profile, <laughs> you know. And so I just did it, and I thought, you know what? If Susan can do it, I have to step up because Susan's not here now. So I've got to step up and, and do it in memory of Susan. Because I said, that's the only thing I can do in her honor, really, because I never got the chance to meet her and tell her what an inspiration she was. So I figured, you know what? The next best thing is to show her what an inspiration she was by stepping into her shoes, even though, yeah, I'm not deaf, but being an advocate like her and stepping up. So that's how I got into it. Okay. And so what kind of steps do you take to, to, to start making some changes? Or to try. <laughs> well, basically, you start talking to developers. You know, you get you talk to developers. You basically follow them, message them when they talk about games. You talk to them. Sometimes you might get a game given to you to, to test it in the beginning. But there's other times where they're like, well, how can I do this or how can I do that? They will come to you usually. If they see what you're into, they will contact you and say, hey, how can I do this or how can I do that? They will get your feedback. If you give them nice com- you know, comments and stuff, if you're mean to them, they're not going to pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. But if you're kind and you give them ideas and you talk nice to them, 
then they're going to enjoy talking to you too and they're going to come back to you like the other day i've only been in this for a couple months and there's a game that i was obsessed with it's a horror game called perception and the lead character in the game is blind i've been obsessed with the game ever since it came out two years ago and this past week its developers have been married for 14 years so i send them a message bill and amanda you know, congratulations on your 14-year wedding anniversary. That man followed me back. Talk about geeked out. I That was like nerves paradise right there. To find, to, for my favorite game developer, one of them, to follow me back was just, I was in, in nerves paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, okay, awesome. so that's, that's one example. I was actually going to ask if you could kind of share an example of maybe something that you've been able to impact. Um, well, there was a developer... It was funny. There was a developer that I, and this was before being a game accessibility advocate, but it still fits because you can do this as an advocate as well. I, I have only been at this for two months, but I've already gotten developers that are coming on my podcast, and one of them is local that's coming on, and then there's another one that's wanting to come on as well. But there was a developer that I sent a message to, and I gave him a five-star app review on my app review page when I was doing it and not only that you know I gave him a shout out via Facebook Messenger and I said hey you know I love that your app is accessible and stuff like that you know giving them an accessibility thank you well I started up a YouTube channel my friend says why don't you ask this app developer if they will allow you to use their tracks for your YouTube videos instead of having a copyright infringement for using music she says girl she said you know them she says, you ought to ask them. So I was like, okay. So I, I told him, I said, hey, and I asked him if they'd mind. I didn't have to wait but 30 minutes, Megan. And they sent back, no problem, girl. That's you know? awesome. They, said, they were like, yeah. They said, just tell them that the app is basically used on headphones. You can use it on speakers, but it's basically headphone use only. And just let them know. Let them know what the track name is and everything. Yeah, you can use any of our tracks. We do not mind. So I have a backup. Uh, backdrop for one of my YouTube channels that is not going to cost me a dime because cool. I've already paid for the tracks. That's cool. So for you, making a game accessible for somebody who's blind, what exactly would that entail? Does that make sense? Well, it depends on the game. Okay. Some games, like for example, I want to play games like, <laughs> you're going to think this is crazy being a female, but I love first person shooters. <laughs> They are, there's a game called Left 4 Dead. Okay. And it's, it is very complex, but I think there's a possibility it could be made accessible. I believe that. Now, some people are trying to tell me, oh, there's no way. I believe if there's a will, there's a way. If the company wants to work with me, I would be glad to work with Valve. I really would. And I, I'm giving them a shout out. I would be happy to work with Valve, you know, on Left 4 Dead. I would be happy to work with Bethesda on Doom or Rage or any of those. I would. Because I believe there's a way. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, how could they do that? It's 3D. It's, it's, you're climbing over stuff. and you're. Well, in Shinmu 2, they basically had a thing where if Ryu wanted to get somewhere, he could basically latch on to the person. Well, why can't you do that in Left 4 Dead? Why can't you do that in, um, in Rage? You know, have... Like an assistive mode, basically, okay. where, yeah, 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 there's, it's 
it's going up and over trucks. It's going up and over this. Why can't you just have something where they can hook onto them? Mm-hmm. Even if it's a, an extra character or it's one of the characters and they're just basically latched onto them and fall on. And then also the audio. They have a lot of good audio on the frick. But the thing is, Megan, they're like, weapons over here. Weapons over where, Francis? Oh, right. <laughs> where at, dear? Yeah. You know, That's a like a sighted person easier. trying to think like they're making it easy for you, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Once I get a PC, like if I was to get if, if I was to get an Asus computer, which I want to get a gaming PC, like I said, I want to get an Asus because that's what my brothers recommend. I want to get one of them. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have I've already got somebody lined up that's willing to do it. I'm going to stream me playing Left 4 Dead, even though I can't play it. I'm going to have somebody sitting right next to me doing it, like mm-hmm. watching me. But I'm going to be the one to do it. Yeah, I might get killed at first, a lot, but it's going to be fun because I'm going to have sighted help yeah. right beside me. Because I want to still be able to play it. I want to enjoy it. And then try to show them how, how they could possibly make it. And even if they don't want to patch in something to the originals, because everybody's like, oh, well, they won't want to patch it in now that they got all the money. Well, if you patch it in to the new one, if you make a new one, <clears throat> make a three. Come on. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> make a number three. We're, we're wanting a number three, guys. Add accessibility for us so we can play it. And then add the other originals in. And boom, we can play Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 as well. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little <laughs> flabbergasted because you would think that these companies would think of that. Like, especially, you know, in 2019, I just feel like yeah. we are more open to discussing these things and trying to make the world more accessible. At least I hope I hope it's becoming that way. And so yeah. I guess I'm just surprised that they don't consult that community before... And it's a money thing. And yeah. this, is, this is the thing I mentioned before that I wanted to bring up that developers think. They think that, oh man, if I add accessibility, then people are going to think I'm weird. If I add accessibility, it's money. I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of money. I'm going to lose this. People are going to think I'm crazy. You know, this is they use it as a negative connotation, and it's not. It's not going to hurt yet. You guys are making a lot of big money. I mean, Bethesda is a giant company. So is Sony. So is Microsoft. If Microsoft is doing a lot of great things with their Xbox, but I mean, a lot of the games. I mean, we need. To, I say in my blog, I have a accessibility for gamers blog, and basically it says the tagline is accessibility means inclusion. Inclusion yeah. means competition. Competition means we all win. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I'm saying is, if they are if Let's say Bethesda, which is, I'm obsessed with that company, <laughs> as you can probably tell by now. Um, they have a lot of games that I want to play. If Bethesda steps in, one of these big-time companies besides Microsoft, if Bethesda jumps in and says, you know what, Riley, we want to work with you as, an, as a consultant. And they start making their games accessible, guess who's going to be shamed into it? Yeah, you're Sony, right. Sony. You're right. Sony. Ubisoft. Yeah. A bunch of them. Is going to be shamed into it. And the worst... Worst offender on that is Nintendo because Nintendo's tagline is, "Well, we want everyone to play." Do you? Mm-hmm. You you yeah. you you gotta let us help you then, and let us consult with you, and we are more than willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are willing to work with developers on this stuff. Yeah, because we want to play the games, you know. Um, yeah. Is there anything that sighted gamers could do to help? Yeah, if you have a friend with a disability or if you have you see something that you think could be accessible, reach out to us and them and say, hey, would this work? 
mm-hmm. team up with this. Or even if there's a, if you're a Twitch streamer or a Mixer streamer or something, bring on somebody with a disability to play with you. Invite them in so that they can feel as included as you. That's one of the big things. And then and talk to them and say, hey, how could this be made accessible in your opinion? Do you think it could? You know, ask them to get, tell them the game what it is. If they don't know it, ask them about the game. Do you know this game? If you, if they don't, then explain to them what it is, and then say, well, how do you think this could be made accessible? Heck, even send them YouTube videos. You can friend them on YouTube. Ask them for a contact information if they're willing to give it to you. Like, I'm willing to, to help a side person out mm-hmm. if they wanted to help you know help us out. They could follow me on Twitter, and then I could they can ask me, hey. How would you make this kind of game accessible? And give me a description of it, or send me a YouTube video of it to your channel or something. I can help you. Okay. You know, we if you, if you guys work with us, and then even send it to the developers and say, hey, look, I got friends that would love to play this game, but the problem is they can't see, they can't hear, they have a motor impairment, something like that. You actually just led into my next question, which so you mentioned your friend that was deaf, and then we know that you're blind. Are there other disabilities that? struggle with being able to play these games? Motor impairments. Okay. They, they really struggle. You know, people in wheelchairs that, you know, they have problems with trying to button mash. Like like I said, when I was a kid, I was button mashing at Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. If I had a motor impairment, I couldn't. Then what I would suggest for some of the motor impairment, let them hold the trigger down mm-hmm. or let them hold the, the button down and, and feed it that way. You know, because they can't always... They can't always... Um, Button mash. For people that are low vision, for QTEs, don't keep switching it up and then not giving them enough enough ample opportunity to hit the buttons because some people's vision is low, but it's off to the side or it's... So don't be moving the buttons everywhere, the lettering. Keep it in the center of the, the screen so they can see it or give them a chance to move it to where they can see it. Like let them map it where they can... Maybe they can't see straight ahead. There's a blind spot in their eye straight ahead. Let them move the, the the letters or the buttons to the part of the screen where they can see it. Okay. This is kind of moving away from the gaming piece of it a little bit, but I have two questions that, that I wrote down that I've been itching to ask you. One is, um, what misconceptions are there about blindness? Basically that we're helpless. Mm-hmm. Is a big one that oh you can't do that because you're blind you can't you can't be an advocate you can't do this you can't do that you can't cook you can't how do you sing karaoke you can't do that because you can't sing you know they just it's it's always this you can't do it you can't do it they try to tell us you can't do something and my mom raised me to believe you know what you can do anything everybody else can but see. Yeah, so you you mentioned in the very beginning that your your other senses are stronger, and I think mm-hmm. I I've always heard that, but I also wondered if that was a misconception. So so that is accurate in your life. That is accurate. Okay, that is accurate. Some people try to say it's not, but it is. It very much is. So besides gaming, what else do you feel like sighted people should be aware of? Just in like our everyday life that we don't th- even think twice about that might be harder for people who are disabled? Well, there's a lot of different things. It just depends on the person. I mean, if you see somebody struggling, you know, people want to just run up and just help them. Mm-hmm. Just ask them first. Because they might not want the help. They might want to try to do it themselves. Okay. Ask them, hey, do you need help? 
you know, because they might be struggling because they can't walk very well, or they might be struggling because they're, you know, carrying a lot of baggage, you know, if, they're, if they have a disability. You know, but don't necessarily just do something for them without asking them. I know that's a nice thing to do, but some people aren't as, there are, like, like in the sighted community, in the disability community, there are people that appreciate it, but there are people that don't. So make sure you don't offend them by just jumping in and doing it because some might be okay with it. Like, just go up and say, may I get the door for you? Mm-hmm. If they say no, then just stand back and let them get the door. If they say yes, please, you know, just, you know. Are there things that have come out recently that that have been more helpful? I'm, I'm just thinking a personal example. I know in my little city city at the crosswalks, they speak to you now. So instead of just the picture of when knowing when to cross, it counts it down and it says cross across the street or whatever. So yeah. things like that, that maybe haven't been around your entire life. Are there examples that you can share of things that have really made a difference to be helpful? Well, having a phone that you can just take with you and just go on the Twitter sites and go on all these sites, that to me is a, is a lifesaver. Not being able to you know, being able to communicate with people across the country without, you know, even, heck, even overseas, I got a friend in Guatemala right now, mm-hmm. that I can, I can actually call him right now on this app, and it won't cost me a dime. Right. And I'm like, dude, that is amazing. I can call somebody overseas, and it won't cost me nothing. That's great, because if I'm an advocate, and I go overseas, that's going to help me so dang much, and it ain't funny. You know, and then you have Skype, and you have Twitter, that you could just communicate with people. I could talk to this person on Skype without a problem. You know, and it's just having that basically the right-hand man. It's like, I'm one of these people, like I said, I don't take authority well, but using personification, because I love my English major here, if I didn't listen to what voiceover said when it gives commands to me to say, hey, do this, do that, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be where I am today because Mm -hmm. I would be screwing everything up. You know, there's times where, yeah, you you know what you're doing, but when you're brand new at something and something's trying to help you, whether it's computer, whether it's a person, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, because that thing is there to help you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, I'm just thinking, like, even on Twitter when people post pictures, what does that show up for you on your end? That will depend. If let's say Megan, I'm following you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You go in your profile. There is a setting. There's accessibility settings. Oh. Okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Or and so what you do, Megan? You go into your accessibility settings. Turn on image description. And then when you post a picture, let's say you have a picture of you and your husband dancing. Just mm-hmm. saying. You would post that, and you would say, "This is what it is." It'll describe it to you. It'll read it, your description. It'll give you an option to add that to your profile. I'm doing so that right now. <laughs> I did not even know that that was a thing. Yeah. So you go into your accessibility settings, and there should be something that says add, um, has, says image description. You turn that on, and it'll describe whatever it is to me and Gina or whoever else at this blind apology. Okay, so we're kind of nearing the end, but I wanted to ask if there are any resources that you have found helpful, any I know you, you seem to be, you know, into YouTube and podcasts and stuff, so are there mm-hmm. any that you have found helpful for, for your own work? Well, one of the YouTube channels I would highly recommend you is the one from my co-host on my podcast. His name is Jesse Anderson. He is legally blind, and his channel is called Illegally Sighted. 
which you can find him on Twitter at BGFH79. B is in boy, G is in golf, F is in Frank, H is in hotel, 79. And he is very good at game accessibility as well. He's been at this a lot longer than I have, but, but he is he's an excellent person. He's on my podcast on Sundays. Okay. And he's a low vision gamer and he streams on Mixer. He does YouTube and he has a full-time job. So he basically, he's like, well, I can't do a podcast on my own because I got a full-time job coming up. I can't do that. You know, I want to, I want to do it, but I can't because I have nobody to bounce ideas off of and stuff like that. And I said, so I asked him last week, I said, Hey, you want to come on mine? And he's co-hosting every week on Sundays. Oh, that's cool. So he's basically the, the one of the inspirations that i Look to him and Super Blind Man is another great advocate that I look up to. Those are my two co-hosts. Brandon Cole is his name on Twitter at Super Blind Man. Okay. They are both very good advocates, and I really recommend both of them's YouTube channels. Brandon is on Twitch under that same name, and then of course Jesse, he's on YouTube. He's not on Twitch, but he's on Mixer. So. And they're both excellent, excellent people. Okay, cool. And um, before I have you plug your stuff, um, before we get to the last kind of more fun questions, is there anything else that you want to make sure you said? Well, just think of it this way. If, if my biggest thing is, if it's something you want to do, if it's something you feel strongly about, advocate for it mm-hmm. because don't let that negativity don't let that subconscious that negative doubt in your mind that self-doubt it's one thing to have self-doubt because we all do there's things that we all have self-doubt about but please 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 don't let it get to you because if you do you might miss out on opportunities that you know you might otherwise have right yeah no that's a that's a very good point um I said in the email that I have everybody tell me somebody that they want to build up, and that really comes from my dad, who always used to say, build each other up, don't tear each other down. Mm-hmm. So at every on every episode, I have the guests kind of give somebody in their life that they want to build up. Um, sometimes it's a specific person. Sometimes it's a group of people that people name. So mm-hmm. I'll let you tell me who you want to build up. Well, one of them I've already mentioned, and that's my buddy Jesse, mm-hmm. because he... He needs a build-up. He does. He, he, he's an awesome person. He's very funny, very humorous. And I, I'll be honest, I don't think he realizes what an inspiration he really is. People will tell him that, but I don't think he really realizes. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been into some of the games that I've gotten into. And not only that, he, I think deep down he has a little bit of doubt in himself. And I want him to know that he is one awesome person and a very major inspiration to me and to a lot of people that he's affected and also I want to give a big plug to a person Megan that came into my life back in January I've known him since 2012 but his name is Steve Lesh he disappeared basically I moved around he he moved and basically I lost contact with him till January 4th a little before that, actually, because I went to the movies on January 4th, but we started going places together, doing things together. Next thing I know, I'm applying for a guide dog. 
I get into game accessibility, and he says, his exact words were, you get a chance to go meet Bethesda. He says, I'm coming too. <laughs> and this dude is not a gamer. Okay, he says, I'm going to ride with, I'll, I'll go with you to meet this company. You get that chance. I'm coming with you. He says, I'll go with you. If you want to meet the people that inspired you, I'll take you. Aww. You know, this man is 65 years old, retired, and he says, I want to be a part of this. He says, I'm not a gamer. This man, would, Megan, he would follow you. He'd follow anybody that he can to learn what I'm doing or what I'm part of. He will follow them and get to know the conversations, get involved in the conversations with me on things. Even if he doesn't quite know it, he wants to learn it. Well, what is this in Left 4 Dead? What is that in Left 4 Dead? So I'm sitting there not really seeing this game, but yet seeing it in a new perspective. I would find descriptions of these creepy, infected monsters that you're fighting and send him videos of it so he could see it too. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't know certain parts of the game. He wanted to learn it. And that's what I love. He's so supportive and has been so awesome to help me out with this. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, and then the last thing was to give a fun recommendation. So some people name a podcast. Some people give a movie or um, a new restaurant that they really like. It's kind of open. Well, for I have two podcasts. So for the one podcast, I would say the song You Light Up My Life <laughs> by Leanne Rhymes. I love her version of it because it's basically about guide dogs. It's... Um, because they call, you know, basically call them guiding angels or guiding lights or something like that. And so basically they, I have that song for that one. But for my game accessibility advocate website, there's a quote from a movie that I loved. Okay. From the movie Sister Act 2. She says, girl, she goes, look, Rita, wait up. She says, if you wake up in the morning and all you think about is singing, you've got to be a singer, girl. Mm-hmm. Well, I added a little to it, and I said, you know what? If you wake up in the morning, and the first thing on your mind is game accessibility, and the last thing at night when you go to bed is game accessibility, you've got to be an advocate. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I think it kind of rings true to a lot of what we've talked yeah. about on, on this podcast and a lot of past episodes is people going after their dream, and something that's kind of come up a lot is if something keeps coming in your brain, you're probably meant to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because before I did this, before I was a game accessibility advocate, I want to be a game accessibility advocate. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Something kept stopping me. I don't know what it was. It's just like yeah. that self-doubt. That self-doubt was bugging me. Like, mm, um, you're not pro. You don't know what you're doing. You know, it was that neg- negging thing. And then Susan died. And I'm like, okay, okay, girl, you got to step up now. Yeah. you got to do something. Well, and so I'm did. proud of you. I think I think I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, I know I've learned a lot by by chatting with you, and I I sure hope others have too. Where can people find you? You have two podcasts, right? Yep. Okay. One of them is called the Lights of the World podcast. Basically, I, I did it as an international thing because guide dogs are pretty much guiding lights, so I use the light of the world because they guide all over the place. So I have that one, which is on Anchor. It's on a few things. If you can't find it, you know you can find it on Anchor and Google Podcasts for sure. Okay. And I have the, the A, capital A, 
the number four Z, as in golf, podcast. That's my gaming one, my game accessibility one, if you'd like to check that out. Which is basically paying homage to Left 4 Dead, a.k.a. L4D. Okay. So that's paying homage to them. You can also find me on Twitter at Access, capital A for Access, number four, Gamers, that's capitalized. Or you can just look up Accessibility for Gamers and it'll still pull, you, pull it up. So Okay. And there's always the number four in the middle. Okay, awesome. So if people have questions for you, I would definitely recommend that they go check you out on Twitter. Um, yep. For those of you who aren't on Twitter, you can feel free to send me some stuff and, and I'll filter them through. Um, but again, I just want to thank you for coming on. I think that this is oh, a really okay. great learning experience for, especially those of us that are sighted that don't even think twice about this. So yeah. I, I oh, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work and it's, it's, but it's fun. It's not to me. If it's, if it's fun, it's not really work. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love this. It's, such a blessing. And I, I mean, you can just too. tell by the sound of your voice that, that you're really passionate about this. So again, oh, that's, that's it. definitely something that is kind of a recurring theme on this podcast is to go after what you're passionate about. Yep. Go so. for it. You guys can do it. You can, yeah. you can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think you're a great example of that. So 